celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And welcome. The toll-free number is 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to Dr. Debbie or to dog father Joey Villani. Uh, you can also ask your question from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. And on today's show, we're going to talk to a lady who's trained her dog to skateboard. It's a skateboarding bulldog. Now, I've seen this before. There was uh, the one that uh, was the uh, uh, for Natural Balance. Mm-hmm. T- Tillman? Tillman? Tillman, Who yeah. I, I don't Tillman. believe is actually. Is he still around with us? I, I think, think so. No. No? No. No, he went to the great oh, skateboard in the sky. That was, long, yeah. that was in the 90s, I think. Was yeah. it really? Yeah. Wow. Now, I don't know if bulldogs are especially predisposed <laughs> to being able to skateboard. It's the OCD in bulldogs. Is, is it? They, they do that. Yeah, they truly have it. They have a low center of gravity, too. So I think that's one of the things physically that they have going for them. Some dogs, you know, are too <laughs> tall and lanky. They're low to the well, ground. That's an excellent point. I had a dog, a bulldog, that used to love sledding. And truly, I mean, she would ride the sled to the bottom of the hill, get to the bottom and drag the, you know, one of those plastic sleds, drag it back up. And and then it was truly a fight also between the other bulldogs, but this one usually won, Dolly, as to who would be able to get back in and get down to the bottom of the hill fastest. <laughs> How funny. Oh, they're just like human kids, aren't they? They're weird. Uh, well, I can't wait to talk to this gal <laughs> coming up in just a few minutes. What are you working on over there in the newsroom, Miss Brooks? Oh, God, not something nearly as cheerful. I have to tell you, um, poisonings of dogs, intentional cool. poisonings, uh, yeah, is uh, something that's escalating, and there's some new research out on that. So we'll share that with you. Intentional poisonings on the rise is what mm-hmm. you're saying. Wow, okay. Joey, what are you working on for today's show? Well, we're going to talk about a crappy deal, um, the importance of paying attention to your pet's anal glands, okay, which is very important, so pay attention. <laughs> okay, alert, alert. Uh, That's seriously, right. can you hear him say that and not think about Dr. Debbie aiming that at someone? Yeah. <laughs> and I actually had an emergency anal gland expression on my own dog when we were traveling. I had to, like, pull out cooking gloves, and we had to express his anal glands and bathe him in a shower at a hotel. It was just, yeah. This wasn't the Bouvier, was it? <laughs> no, but, you know, she's very good. She allows me to take care of those for her, but my little terrier, okay, I- yeah, so... He's got okay, the problem. Cause, well, I was just picturing you in a hotel shower with a bouvier and <laughs> with, your, with your cooking gloves on. I will just say I have bathed all of my dogs in hotels uh, at some point. Usually they're in the walk-in showers. So um, I will not disclose what hotel chains I've been through, but some of them are on the upper crust where the you know people have no idea. What made it an emergency? He was leaking in my lap while we were traveling. Oh. And it was just to the point where I was like... And I was looking at my husband, is that you? And of course, he's like, no, it's not me. And I'm like, oh, my God, i got to bathe him. Oh. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Thanks for unpleasant close quarters. Wow. I, I'm wondering what the situation is that your husband would even ask you, was it you? No, she asked her husband. Are you at either way, really, <laughs> frankly? I want to know, why does a guy always get the first blade? <laughs> It's always, the, it's always the guy that gets the first blade. Man, and if you smell anal glands, it's it not a human smell. <laughs> I well, smell very good, by the way. I just want you to know that. Joey, you have great personal hygiene, but sometimes men just, especially if you're traveling, you know, or camping, sometimes that kind of goes to the wayside a little bit. So I always oh, look I to the camp. man in the house. <laughs> 
thank goodness people don't have anal glands. That's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah. Okay. How about uh, taking a, fo- a couple of phone calls? What do you say? All right. Let's go to okay. it. Toll free one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five to reach out to the Dream Team. And this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Vetra Science. And just like their owners, pets get older. Yes, it's true. The joints stiffen up, and jumping for joy suddenly becomes a little more difficult. Glycoflex hip and joint supplements from Vetra Science help support joint health. Thanks, Vetra Science, for underwriting Animal Radio. Hi, Paula. How are you? Good. How are you? Very good. Where are you calling from today? I am calling from Buffalo, New York. Buffalo, New York. Okay. How can we help you? I have the whole team here for you. So I have a a one-and-a-half-year-old puppy, and he's been having some issues with allergies. He's had... Uh, multiple skin infections, eye infections, ear infections, the whole shebang. So uh, we have gone to a hydrolyzed diet. We have done hydroxazine. We have done Benadryl. We have done Zyrtec. We have done pretty much everything. And okay. my vet now wants to try Apoquil. And I'm a little apprehensive about it because it's an immunosuppressive. Sure. So I was wondering what your thoughts are on the drug. Okay. Well, my first thoughts are anytime that I hear of a young Labrador that is having skin problems, itching, scratching, ear infections, and rashes, um, yeah, I do put put my clinical radar towards allergies. But first, I do mm-hmm. want to make sure we do a very thorough flea treatment regimen, as well as even checking and treating for other things that can be going on at the same time. So making he sure is, we are uh, treating. He's on religious uh, flea medication every month. Good, good. And then I'm assuming as a veterinarian, you know, your veterinarian is probably also treated for the bacterial infection, yeast infections, checking yeah. for mites, because all of those things can make our assessment of how well we respond to allergy therapy kind of muddy, if you will. So I right. always treat for skin uh, mites, the microscopic microscopic form, even if I don't see them on my test, because we have to get that off the list. So that's specifically Demodex and scabies mites. So uh, okay. make sure that your veterinarian has treated for that. It's pretty simple, easy with either topicals or oral forms of medicine. Is there um, can you also use like a shampoo to treat that? Because we have done that as well. Well, for, for mites, not so much. There are dips and so okay. forth that I would use, but to treat that, I'd okay. go other ways. But using the shampoo, which can be a relief for the itching and the scratch, not unlike if you've got chicken pox and you soak in a, uh, a vino bath. But okay. some of the other things you mentioned, you know, diet. Yes, I like the idea of the hydrolyzed diet. And just while you're doing that, making sure that we're not using any other treats, rawhides, flavored supplements, or any types of medications that may be in a flavored uh, form. Otherwise, that'll kind of thwart our efforts there. So then we, then we get to things like Apoquel and even the other medicine, Cytopoint, which is in an injection form. Um, Mm -hmm. for a a pet that's having a lot of itching, I do feel that these drugs have a great benefit and they can be life changing. I've seen some young labs go from irritable, itchy, unhappy dogs to just a completely happy, contented uh, companion. So they do have their place. Now you answer, ask about the long term use of Apoquel and some of that is I don't think we really know, um, because it is technically something that affects their immune system. Yeah, we do have to do monitoring of blood and urine, and we do that once to twice a year. So for pets that I have on it long term, I do that. And I could tell you, I've been using this for, gosh, probably three to four years. 
exclusively on some pets and long-term control for allergies. And we've had a few bouts of uh, papilloma, which are a viral-induced kind of skin uh, growth. Um, but I can't say okay. we've seen anything really horrible. Um, but still, there is still something to be seen, I think, for the, some of the long-term effects. Um, but it really can okay. be life-changing. Um, so I, I definitely encourage that. And just for those that don't know, Apoquel and the other medicine I mentioned, Cytopoint, they're drugs that help to kind of stop some of the pathway of the itch cycle in dogs. So they work in different mechanisms, but Apoquel basically helps to kind of shut down part of the enzyme pathway involved with itch. And it doesn't help every dog, but it can help a, a vast majority of dogs that I see with um, allergies. Um, and then the other kind of thing, the short-term one, is the injection that lasts for about four weeks, up to eight weeks. And that might be even a short-term bridging thing that we can look at doing. So the two big things that I'd encourage you, because he is so young, is definitely find a diet that works for him because food allergy is a very common cause of allergy symptoms in a young yeah. dog. I've seen it as puppies six months and older where they start to have allergy symptoms. So food is definitely one thing to look at. The other is might also give you time to look at the resources to get him allergy tested. Um, and there's the different ways to do that, either the blood allergy testing um, or seeing a dermatologist for the skin patch testing. But skin patch testing is by far the best way to okay. diagnose that. And that might be a good kind of long-term step is see what he is allergic to and are there things you can avoid. But if not, then maybe get him on allergen therapy and that can help damage in his response to those allergens when he um, encounters them in the future. So um, okay, you, you've got a lot of... Yeah, and there's a lot of opportunities. I am so happy. In current years, um, we have so much more to offer pets with allergy symptoms than just antihistamines. And I, I hate when that's people, you know, that's all they've used for their dogs because there's so many good things out there now that have been proven, have good safety profiles, and, and can really do a lot for our animals. So, Well, I am an old oncology nurse, and I oh. know what some of these immunosuppressives do to people. So I was just concerned about my pups. Like, I don't want, you know, his bone marrow to be depressed for too long and stuff like that because right. I don't want him to have other issues further down the road because, you know, it is relatively new. So that was why I was mm-hmm. like, well, call Dr. Debbie and see what her thoughts are. Oh, <laughs> well, very good. Second opinion, just to see. Absolutely. That's what I'm here for, Paul. And best wishes with your little uh, Labrador there. Thank you so much for your help. Take care. Toll-free 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to the Dream Team. This portion of Animal Radio, underwritten by Vetra Science. Give your pets the extra support they need. From Glycoflex joint support to composure for pet stress, Vetra Science has the supplement for all your pets' needs. Thanks, Vetra Science, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. It's hard enough to find love, but finding someone who loves you and all your pets can be even trickier. A new Dutch website, www.dareandmens.nl, loosely translated to mean animal-human, says it's a meeting place for all animal lovers, whether you're looking for that special someone someone who likes snakes and spiders, or someone to take care of your chickens when you're on vacation. The site was started by Betty Bowery, inspired by her friends who were telling her how difficult it was to meet someone, especially if they had more than one pet. Members can describe themselves and their pets and then contact each other through the website. Betty started the site, but she doesn't really need it. She's already met her match, and they have 13 dogs and 4 cats between them. 
I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. Hi, this is Fred Willard on Animal Radio. And I, I'm, I'm begging you, spay and neuter your animals. I'm sitting up and begging. I'll, play, I'll go over and play dead if you want. I'll follow you anywhere you want to go. Those big, scary storms can be terrifying for your pet, and we know that when they're stressed, so are you. Take good care of your buddy with VetraScience Composure. VetraScience Composure helps ease anxiety for pets caused by storms, travel, and owner separation. It won't sedate them, and your pets will love the taste. Also, try our Glycoflex for hip and joint health, as well as multivitamins and probiotics. Find VetraScience supplements at your local pet store, Petco, or your vet. Learn more at VetraScience.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Here at Animal Radio, we love ourselves some senior pets. We look around the studio. The only senior pet, the only one that's not a senior pet is Tater, who's what? Two? Three? How old is Tater? He's two. He'll be three in, uh, I think, February. He is the youngest in the studio here. (laughs) He probably knows that, too. Uh, but most everybody else, a senior, we're talking humans and animals alike in the studio. It, it's hard to get adopted if you're a senior animal and you're looking for a home. It's sad. It's unfortunate. That yeah, they can't compete. Dogs can't compete against puppies and cats can't compete against the kittens. But I think we're all different on that, don't you guys? I mean, we I, are. I would prefer a senior pet because I just, you know. Because yeah, we no, don't have that long left. No more puppies. I don't want to go through the puppy phase again. <laughs> yeah, but then you do have the, you know, lifetime conditions and diseases that can come with age. And I think that's, you know, on everyone's mind. Absolutely. Finances. I hate to say it, but uh, since these animals don't get adopted, sometimes they, they spend their lives in a shelter. They live out their lives in a shelter in, in a really undesirable situation. But if uh, Kim Scarlett can help it, she runs the Silver Muzzle Cottage, and she adopts in older senior animals that are near the end of their life or going through hospice. And it takes a special kind of person to do that. Yes, it does. And uh, we're going to talk to her in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Uh, what are you working on, Miss Brooks? Um, because we try and, and be, you know, an equal opportunity story person, story radio show, whatever we are. That's our tagline. Um, <laughs> we're going to tell, we try to do, you know, like cats and dogs, and sometimes we don't get all of our cat love in there. So I'm just studying up on cats, and I'm going to give you the history of cats in a nutshell. Really, you know, (laughs) because we know, like, there's Egyptian cats and all this stuff, and and there's, you know, Persian cat, all this kind of stuff. But cats are really uh, a mystery to me, anyhow. How How did they get here? And they've been around so many thousands of years i think that's a part of them is they want to be a mystery most cats want to be aloof yeah mysterious i think you're right well so we'll find out where they came from in the abridged cliff notes version just around the corner with miss brooks let's go to line three hi john how are you wonderful how are you doing today good where are you uh we're in rancho cucamonga california the la sort of area right yeah that's correct yeah just outside of la correct so what's going on how can we help you today well, we have two female boxers. One's three and a half. One is a year and a half. The three and a half we had fixed before her first cycle, so about seven, eight months. Um, the year and a half we let her have her, I guess, our puppy cycle and then another full cycle. Um, 
So we had her fixed, spayed in, oh, probably late January. Or, I'm sorry, late December, early January. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a year and a half, when we let house cycles, her teats are all different sizes. Some as though she's had a litter of puppies, and some as though she's still a puppy, I guess, is probably the easiest way to say it. Mm-hmm. So we know that cancer and breast cancer and all types of tumors run in these dogs. So just a little cause for concern is, is to why some have not, you know, gone back down. I know they get cleaned when they're in their cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there can be a lot of different things that will affect the size and appearance of... Um, now, I should ask before I continue, has she ever had any litters or she just had no. two cycles? Just two cycles. No, no two cycles. Okay. All right. So there are a lot of different things that can cause the size of the nipple or the the teat to be enlarged. And the the first thing I always look at in a dog that's never had a litter that um, is spayed currently is I, I like to look for underlying skin disease because there often can be problems where we'll see things like allergies um, or even bacterial or yeast infections that will cause a general itchiness or inflammation, and that can sometimes translate into enlarged nipples um, as well as itching, scratching, some of those other symptoms. So that's one of the things I always like to look at. Um, For other dogs, um, if the nipples are actually enlarged, almost like a dog that's in heat, um, I really like to examine and, and ask a lot of questions about the business of the humans in the household, meaning that is anyone on any kind of hormone creams? Because we do know that dogs that share a home with a person that's on a hormone patch or a cream, if they're applying it, say, to their arms, even with casual contact, that can actually be absorbed by the dog and can relate um, to some different swellings of um, the external uh, genitalia or the the mammary areas itself. So that's another thing. But yeah, you certainly are right with... um, Female dogs, especially boxers, we are a little more concerned about things in the tumor realm as well. And that would be something that I think with a, a boxer background, I would definitely encourage you to, to get this gal checked out just so we could do a good examination. And basically what we do is we, we palpate or we feel those different areas to see if there's anything abnormal. Um, I have had some dogs, um, usually it's more in dogs, female dogs that have had litters um, where they'll, because their nipples get so big when they're pregnant, right they'll actually have problems with inversion of the nipple, and then you can get a little bit of infection inside there. Um, so things like that can go on as well. So it may not all be bad things that we got to worry about, but I, I, I would definitely say that would be something to have her looked at and make sure we can do that as a comparison. And, and I guess the other thing that I'll throw out there, that if it's in the timeline of within two months of being spayed, there are dogs that will actually go through a false pregnancy. If so, if she was kind of close to the time of being hormonally active, um, they can actually develop milk. <laughs> so the nipples themselves will actually uh, swell up, and you can actually express kind of a, a milky fluid out of that. So sometimes just post-spay, if we're within that time zone, it could be something as simple as that as well. And that isn't necessarily apparent at the time of spaying, but it would come out in the weeks following. Okay. So, so yeah, I'd say, you know, a lot of hopefully good things this could be, but I would certainly get her to the vet. Okay, great. I appreciate your help. Hey, John, thank you so much for listening. 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to the Dream Team. And don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. This portion of Animal Radio is brought to you by the Brilliant Pad, the world's first self-cleaning dog potty. It automatically replaces a soil pad with a fresh one so your home stays clean and odor-free. With Brilliant Pad, you never have to see, touch, or smell the yuck again. Learn more over at BrilliantPad.com. And thanks, Brilliant Pad, for underwriting Animal Radio. Animal Radio.
Hi friends, this is Dr. Marty Becker, America's Veterinarian. After a traumatic experience at the veterinary office, have you ever thought to yourself, there has to be a better way? When your veterinarian is fear-free certified, you'll find your pet's vet visit is safer, more comfortable, and actually enjoyable. Your dog will go from shaking in the lobby to pulling you into the exam room with a wagon tail, and your cat will be purring inside the carrier. To find a certified fear-free veterinarian near you, go to fearfreepets.com. Hi, this is Paul Reiser, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Every minute you're here, you're not harming someone else. I don't know what that means. <laughs> this is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. I'm Lori Brooks. The number of pet poisonings rose by 73% between 2012 and 2016. That was in Great Britain. And that's according to reports there collected by the RSPCA, which says that the last year there were actually 368 incidents of suspected dog poisonings. But so far this year, there have already been more than 250 of them. The group says... Every year they receive reports by members of the public and, you know, people claiming that others have left out maybe meat laced with poisoned or something and that pets have been deliberately poisoned as well with antifreeze. But they add that as pet owners, we need to be careful when we use those chemicals. Careful in where, you know, if we're using them in the yard or around the home and also careful how we dispose of them and the packaging. Now, some examples of chemicals poisonous to animals include antifreeze, uh, rodent poisons, or snail and slug baits. Those are all really common. The RSPCA stresses disposing of them properly, and they plead with people not to dump those chemicals anywhere because a lot of people do dump them, you know, on the roadside or even in a park anywhere simply to avoid disposal ordinances in their local cities and towns because in some places you actually have to take those chemicals somewhere to dispose of them properly. What you may not consider yourself a a history lover But how about a little history on cats? Maybe you wonder, how did cats make it across oceans and into homes all around the world? Well, apparently that secret is held and told now in ancient cat DNA, which is being studied. In a nutshell, it all started about 10,000 years ago in what's now the country of Turkey, where wild cats were used as mousers and rodent control for farmers. And then after that, around uh, 2500 B.C., cats had spread to Cyprus. And over the next few thousand years, they accompanied their humans north into Bulgaria and Romania. That was on foot, mostly. Now, this is kind of like a DNA ancestry for your cat, right? They say by 800 B.C., felines were found then in Egypt. And it was later that those Egyptian cats became popular among the Romans and Vikings. And they loved their cats so much that they took them along on their ocean voyages because they loved them and also to control rodents on the ships. But those voyages put cats on the shores of Africa, Europe, and Asia, where they later hopped on ships headed to, ta-da, America. Today, a full one-third of American homes have at least one cat, 
And uh, if you do the math, that's about 93.5 million house cats in the U.S. alone. Oh, that's a lot. Pretty amazing, huh? That's amazing. Well, does your pet like politics? Probably not. (laughs) But uh, Salt Lake County in Utah is looking for some political pets. That's P-A-W. L-I-T-I-C-A-L, because they're having an election for a pet mayor there. Uh, This special election is being held by county animal control, and uh, there's going to be a pet deputy mayor, as as well as nine council members, pet council members, that are going to be elected. And it's not just for dogs and cats. They want everyone to know bunnies, hamsters, guinea pigs, whatever, are all eligible to run. You just have to live in the county. Uh, voting, in fact, started just yesterday and will continue throughout uh, about mid-next month. The winner will serve a two-year term, and hopefully, on a political angle here, there will be term limits in order to give other pets a chance. All right. I have a pet that runs that wants to run for um, um, mayor or whatever, whoever they're running for. Can I, can I throw it? In throw Salt Lake my, County? My, um, I'll I'll get a PO box there. Don't worry. <laughs> I I can take care of stuff like that. I know people. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at animalradio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. It was about a month ago that we gave out a dozen Brilliant Pad self-cleaning automatic litters. And it's about time to go check in with them and see how they're doing. Hi, Movie. Yes. Hi, how are you? Good. This is Judy from Animal Radio calling to right. see about the Brilliant Pad. I know you ha- you received it and you've got yeah, it all set up. I, I want to see how things are going. I'm going to set it up today because I've been out of state. Okay, let, let me know uh, how easy it is to set up if you have any troubles gonna, with it. Well, I'm going to do it on, uh, well, I'm going to set it up myself. Okay. This way I won't get any help from my husband, and uh, he's not <laughs> home anyway. And um, this way I'll know if it's difficult or not. Well, I mean, difficult for me. There, I know there's some videos online if you have any trouble to set it, uh, setting them up, and I, I think you were sent yeah. some links also that might help you set it up also. I understand it's pretty easy. I actually saw one where how you set it up. So Oh, good. I mean, it, it, it looked kind of simple. It's easy. If I can do it, trust me, anybody can do it, because I can't put anything together. But I was able to set that up and get it going in no time. Well, then that's good news for me, then. What's your dog's name? Uh, his name is Private Snowball. What Snowball? Private. Pri- pri- like, is it, like, I need to salute him, Private Snowball? Yeah. <laughs> that's his name. I love it. What kind of dog is he? I didn't name him, but he's a, he's a military dog. Oh, okay. So he really is a yeah. private. Yeah, he really is. He's eight and a half pounds. Oh, wow. Okay. Eight, <laughs> yeah. Did you say eight and a half pounds? Yeah. When, when he's when he's not overeating. When he's overeating, he's nine pounds. What kind of dog? He's a Maltese. So he'll probably train to this pretty easily, don't you think? Oh my God, he he's so smart. When I first when we first got him, when he was seven months old, my husband said, "Oh, you can't train him uh, to go." such a ball and i said yes i can <laughs> and he still fetches to this day <laughs> and when will yes. your husband ever learn <laughs> never Louie, yes. uh thank you so much for calling we're going to check back within uh, a couple of weeks all right Take thank care. you guys bye-bye. Bye-bye. bye-bye hi jennifer hi. how are you doing 
I'm doing really good. How are you? Very good. So has Apollo at all taken or were you able to train Apollo to use the Brilliant Pad? Um, yeah, sort of. He, he, he will go poop on it. You will um, go poop on it, okay. Oh, that's I'm awesome. Still having, I'm still having a hard time convincing him that he needs to go pee on it. Ah. So I tried the ramp thing, and he just peed on the ramp. And so then I just um, take a, an extra puppy pad, and it's like he has to pee on something. So <laughs> That's the market. Yeah. I think if it, he was a female, it would be no sweat. Sure. But this is the male thing uh-huh. there's something about little dogs they always try to pee as high as they can or yep. whatever and he's he's like the tiniest little thing so <laughs> he's really tries to pee on whatever he can i remember you that, you told me he was like four and a half pounds yeah yeah he's a little but this is working because he'll just go and he'll he'll pee on the puppy pad on the outside and then he poops on the pad up on the on the um, platform okay and it's easy and it doesn't smell and it's uh, nice that i don't have to touch it (laughs) and um and i've been i don't know how how many weeks i've been using this and i haven't used the whole pad oh wow so it's still going yeah the the pad Mm -hmm. can last many weeks i probably only do roll it one um Every day, uh huh. Just once a day, and that seems to be working okay. Yeah, so you're like Judy; you do it manually, right? I do. Okay, I do. If if I'm gone, I will schedule it. But since I'm home, I work out of my home. I just press it and advance it when I see that she's used it. So, and that seems to work for me too. That makes it easy, and then I can see what he's doing exactly. Make sure he's, you know, everything's. Okay. <laughs> it's important to, to see what they leave behind to make sure that uh, everything's good. Yes. Right. Well, it sounds like you're making progress. I don't give up. <laughs> Keep working on it. Uh, by now, you should have received an email with some videos and training tips. So you can always go to brilliantpad.com and you can find some great tips on how to, how to get them fully trained on that brilliant pad. I well, like it, though. It, it works really good. I appreciate you taking time to visit with us today, Jennifer. You're welcome. We'll check in in a couple of weeks. Okay. Take take care. care. Bye-bye. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Roll over. Hey, wait a minute. You haven't taught me how to do that trick. I can give you my paw, though. It's Alan Kibble on the mess. Not very good at doing tricks. Time for your amazing dog watch. And there he goes. Buddy the dog climbs trees. I've never seen one climb a tree before. That's Jerry. She's Buddy's dog owner. Or human companion or dog roommate. Whatever you want to call her. He's been climbing trees since he was a puppy. Probably trying to get away from this show. I was nervous about it at first, but now... He seems very sure-footed, and so I don't worry about him. He looks like a squirrel jumping from branch to branch to branch. He just chases. I think I'll start climbing trees. Squirrels need to watch out. This is Animal Radio, baby. We can't tell you why canine caviar is the only alkaline-based dog food, but we can tell you alkaline is proven to minimize the risk of renal failure and pancreatitis, reduce scratching, cellular degeneration, and disease keeping your furry friend youthful and healthy longer. And those are the reasons we can fit into this short commercial. 
But by visiting caninecaviar.com, you'll see exactly what we do to make a better food for your dog. Try the one and only alkaline dog food risk-free. Canine Caviar. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at animalradio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. You know, I look around the studio and I see all the senior dogs. In fact, they're all senior dogs. You know, dogs. it's amazing Did you realize how that? fast that Except happens. for Tater. Ta- how old is Tater? Tater's uh, two. Two, so Tater's just a young pup. Yeah. Ladybug's nine. And I have a busted at 16. Yeah. Wow. You know, they're all very lucky to have us because if they were in the shelter, they'd be one of the animals that are undesirable for adoption because just simply because they are older. They can't compete with the puppies. However, there are people that adopt solely senior animals. And I really salute all those people that do that. Yay. You know who we have on the phone with us is Kim Skerritt. And she is the founder of Silver Muzzle Cottage Dog and Rescue and Hospice Program. Hi, Kim. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you. How are you? Good. So tell us, what is Silver Muzzle Cottage? Well, we are a uh, rescue for homeless senior dogs, uh, primarily those that have three years or less to live based on their breed. And uh, we are also a hospice service. So dogs who have a limited amount of time, as uh, determined by a licensed veterinarian, uh, we take those dogs as well, whether they have two days, two weeks, two months. And the whole point is to make sure that they leave this world knowing that uh, somebody has loved them and cared about them and that their lives matter to somebody. Where do these dogs come from? Uh, 50%, roughly, uh, 50% of our dogs come out of shelters, and the other 50% generally are coming from homes where either the owner has passed away or they went into a nursing care facility and nobody in the family wanted the dog. We're at 104 dogs now that we've rescued wow. in the two years. Um, of those dogs, let's see, seven we've helped cross over. Approximately 11 have passed in their new owner's care, um, but they all lived a year or longer. And uh, the rest all have found adaptive homes. I think at this point we have right now four that are looking for new homes, and we have three more coming in in the next couple of days. So they will also need new homes. But although I do suspect that um, two of them are going to be hospice cases, we don't adapt out too many of those. When somebody comes to you and says they want to adopt a young puppy, what do you do to encourage them to think about a senior animal? What makes a senior animal so great to adopt? Well, you know, I I really encourage them to take a look at their lifestyle. And that that really kind of applies to just about anybody looking to take a dog into their home and their environment. Um, not enough uh, people will actually do that, which is one of the reasons why so many dogs end up in shelters, because people get dogs, they don't take into consideration their lifestyle, the needs of the dog physically and otherwise. And so they end up taking on a dog that really is not a good fit for them, And then they go, oh, this is difficult, so off to the shelter it goes. Um, I just encourage, you know, depending on the person, if they're older, we, as an example, we had a gentleman who was 81 that came to us and said he wanted a three- or four-year-old dog. And I said, okay, we have to have one of these um, heart-to-heart, real-life conversations. (laughs) And, And how do you be tactful? But I just came right out and I said, 
Um, look, the reality is is that your lifespan is is going to be somewhat limited at 81 years old. You're not going to live 21 more years, you know. Um, and so if you take a dog on that's three, uh, that dog, depending on the breed, may live to be 15. That's 12 years from now. So can you guarantee that you are going to be around for this dog when you're 93 years old? And I said, why not take on a dog who's 9 or 10, and the two of you can grow old together? And so he did. He he ended up adopting a 10-year-old dog. People are starting to see that these dogs, these senior dogs, are great. They're calm. They're sweet. They're loving. They they don't need much. They really just want to be loved and cared for and have all the essential needs met. Um, They're usually housebroken. Um, and let me tell you, if they come out of a bad situation where they have been neglected or abused, they are grateful, and you can see it. Yeah. And uh, it's it's an amazing, amazing thing to watch a dog who we look at and say, that dog's not going to make it two weeks. And then all of a sudden, here it is two years later, he is alive and well and thriving because he has been loved for two years. It's just, it's absolutely amazing. Mm. How do you uh, make your money? Uh, strictly by donations. Um, we are, you know, we do apply for grants as we become, um, as they become available and we're eligible. Uh, but most of it is just lots of fundraising. Um, we ha- offer a GoFundMe site uh, for Silver Muzzle Cottage. We have a PayPal giving fund uh, link. And then just uh, good old checks help also. No fees applied to that one. So uh, we just ask people to just give what they can. Our average cost per dog is about $350 because we do provide uh, full veterinary care when they come into our rescue. We do a full blood panel. A lot of times these older dogs, especially if they haven't been cared for um, by their previous owners, they may have things that nobody is aware of, whether it's cancer or thyroid issues or whatever. So we do a full blood panel. We do fecal and urine analysis. Uh, we'll do dental uh, work on them and just get them as close to a clean bill of health as we can get them so that when we adapt them out, we can tell the new owners exactly what their needs are. You're doing yeah. amazing work. Uh, we'll put links Thank to you. we'll put links to the uh, GoFundMe and the PayPal links over at AnimalRadio.pet. Check out the website SilverMuzzleCottage.com. Kim Scarrett, the founder and the saint behind this. Kim, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for your time. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Red Barns, grain-free naturals, canned food for dogs and cats. Always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. Learn more over at Red Barn, Inc. And thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. All dogs should eat a pH-balanced alkaline diet. An alkaline diet reduces health risks and can also reduce scratching, shedding, and hot spots. So does this mean you need to check your dog's pH balance? No, because canine caviar has created the first and only alkaline dog food that is pH-balanced. It also has the highest metabolized calories. What does this mean? Your dog needs to eat less. Get a healthier dog and save money with Canine Caviar products. Find them at your local pet supply store or online at caninecaviar.com. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. 
That's adorable. Hold that picture up to the microphone so listeners can see that. That is George. George is a skateboarding bulldog. And, yeah, that may not seem weird, but we're going to find out a little bit how he was trained to learn to skateboard. Because it's an interesting story. That's on the way with Nadine Single in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. Uh, What are you working on over there in the newsroom, Miss Brooks? Well, it's October, so Halloween coming up. And we're going to have a list of what PetSmart says are the top ten pet Halloween costumes for this year. And I assume probably the top ten that they have in stock. I'm just guessing there. <laughs> hmm, You're such a I'll skeptical have to, person. I'll have to check on that. <laughs> Let's uh, head to Nancy. Hey, Nancy, how are you doing? Hi, it's cold here. It's cold air. Where Where are you? Reading, Pennsylvania. It's not as cold as it is where you are. <laughs> no, <laughs> but we're going to send some warmth your way. Thank you. What's going on? How can we help? On Saturday uh, on the WU in Reading, I heard you uh, say a word which I'm familiar with: colloidal silver. C O L L O I D A L. Um, yeah. Is that in products for cats and dogs that you know of? Well, colloidal silver, um, it, it, it's a remedy that's been around for eons that people used to use um, as a kind of a cure-all. Um, so it does have antimicrobial properties, antifungal properties. Um, the thing that you, you need to know is that it, it is out there on the market as a supplement, um, as a dietary supplement, Um in the holistic markets, it is actually over the counter. It is not, it's banned by the FDA for use in um, products. Um, so it, partly because of the, the concerns of safety, because um, we have to remember silver is not an essential mineral. It, it's actually a heavy metal and it has the potential to cause toxic effects. Um, so for those that use it, um, they purport that the benefits um, outweigh the risks. Um, so for dogs and cats, um, I am not a fan. I have a, a client that insists upon using it orally for his animals, and I, I, I caution him heavily about that because there certainly are you know concerns and implications with things like liver disease, seizures, uh, kidney problems, things of that nature. Well, um, I thought you had said to one of the uh, ladies, persons that called in, I can't remember if it was a man or a woman, uh, you said something about use a coilotal, and I was wondering if that was the silver that you were talking about. Well, colloidal silver, colloidal just basically means that it's um, an insoluble particle, which is actually suspended in another. So um, another great way that I describe um, a colloid is is milk. Milk, there's a liquid, but there's also kind of the, the fatty milk that's the, the proteins within it. So it, it's, it's just, a dis, it distinguishes how that element, how that mineral is um, provided. So, but topical colloidal silver, um, you know, a lot of people do use those for, you know, things like burns, first aid, um, things of that nature, but you still have the potential of that translocating or being absorbed from the skin into the system. Mm-hmm. So, and again, because it's a, you know, heavy metal, I just, in my practice, I, I find there's so many things that I do know the safety um, of that it can be much more um, effective yeah. and safely provided for my animals. So um, the big question is, um, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know how much could be potentially toxic. And the problem is a lot of the different products have different potencies. So um, it's one of those things. There's the buyer beware, the user beware when it comes to colloidal silver. And uh, Well, I can, uh, I can ask a question. What are you trying to achieve, Nancy? Well, I, I know I had 
I take it myself for uh, off and on for my colds or whatever, and it works for me. But my thing is, uh, I was talking to a person recently that they said they uh, raise cats and they mm-hmm. put it in the water for the kittens so that they don't have the uh, you know the bacteria and the fungus and stuff like that, and they have no problem with it. So there's controversy with any kind of supplement you take, I think. Yeah. And anybody can overdose. You know, uh, more is better. That's not always the case. So. Yeah. But I, and I guess I heard the, you say something, and I just was wanted to clarify if that was actually what you were talking about. Yeah, and and I think just when we start to really think about what silver is, and that it's not supposed to be in the body, and by ingesting it on a regular basis, we don't know how much can be deposited into the body. That's that's the concern and the the safety concern that I would express for oral ingestion, especially yeah. especially for a young creature that we're going to be, you know, seeing, um, you know, lifetime. But concerns. it is found in at, at this point. It is found in pet. Uh, food or uh, supplement or whatever. There you know? are pets. There are pet. Um, a lot of topical supplements. You may okay. find some orals, but again, I you know I I'm not directing you there. You're doing that on your own. Right. I'm telling you, please don't use those. Use the direction of things that your veterinarian would properly advise you. Remember right. the uh, fall of the Roman Empire? Wasn't that just because mm-hmm. all of the lead goblets that they were drinking from those ah. heavy metals? I'm just saying, <laughs> you got to watch out for those heavy metals. Yeah. Well, with all the scrutiny and the concerns that a lot of people have about you know putting substances in their body, you know, it, it, it's definitely something to really look at. And, and I've had patients that have had seizure issues, and then you find out they've been using uh. some potential um, you know vitamin mineral supplement, and you really have to look at every one of those little things that uh, someone might do in their home. Mm-hmm. Well, Nancy, you have a great question. Thank you for calling, and thank you for listening to Animal Radio. Toll free, one eight six six. 405-8405 or you can ask your questions right from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. This portion of Animal Radio underwritten by Vetra Science. And just like their owners, our lovely pets get older. The joints stiffen up and jumping for joy suddenly becomes more difficult. Glycoflex hip and joint supplements from Vetra Science help support joint health in your pet. And we thank Vetra Science for underwriting and supporting Animal Radio. And let's go to Carly. Hey Carly, how are you doing? Great. How are you guys? Good. Where are you calling from today? South of Atlanta, about 30 minutes. Oh, that was a pretty ding. Oh, delightful. I like that. So how can we help you? (laughs) Um, I'm a veterinary technician student, and I've had a couple interviews. Um, I just wanted to know what catches Dr. Debbie's eye when she, she meets someone or works with somebody in her practice. That makes her feel like, oh, this person is doing good and is meant to be here. I see. Great question, Carly. I like that. So, so um, you are, are are you just graduating from uh, veterinary technician school, or you've you've been in, employed for a while and you're just looking for a new job? Um, I'm in school now. I okay. did do an externship for a veterinary assistant through Animal Behavior College. Okay. Um, okay. Right now I'm in school for veterinary technician, and I'm just looking for work. And I do these interviews, and they seem to go off great and without a hitch. And then they're like, no, we're, you're not what we're looking for right now. And I'm like, what What am I doing wrong? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I can tell you what I generally like to look for. For me, um, the veterinary technician, the licensed veterinary technician, actually brings so much to the table um, to a busy veterinary practice. So in my office, I really use the licensed techs for the skills they can perform that non-licensed people cannot, and which means that helps to kind of bridge between what a doctor doesn't have to do and they can use their licensed technician to do. And we can go on and be doctors. 
practice elsewhere. So for me, that kind of role is the big thing. If you can come into my practice and you already know how to draw blood, you can successfully hit a vein, put catheters in, you know how to perform those basic eye, ear tests, um, uh, use the microscope, those kind of things, then it's a seamless introduction into, into the practice. So for me, that's what kind of hands-on skills do you have? Can you sell those skills? Um, do you need work on those? And if you do, um, I would want to hear about how you're going to meet those goals to improve and practice those skills. Um, but I think that's one of the best things. The hardest thing is to train somebody and to put that time in and to not really be sure if they've got what it takes. So um, if you're kind of coming out of school, you might sense you know, some folks having apprehension. So you know, if your skills aren't yet up to comfort zone for you, um, you can work on that, practice those things and get those up to snuff. And then depending on the office role where you might be used, front office, back office, or both, um, front office, you have to be great with people. So having an ability to communicate um, with clients, because there's always someone on the other side of that leash or pet carrier. <laughs> so we have to be able to be good with people. So that's a big thing. Um, so I think those are the, the big things that I would certainly advise you to, to look at. And uh, are you looking for small animal practices or a mixed animal or? Um, I had a lot of experience with horses when I was a kid, um, more so mixed animal. I'd like to get into a large animal practice. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot of them where I'm at. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Well, I, I, I would say those would be the things that I would really w- look at working on. And if you can't get your foot in the door somewhere, you know, um, even getting a volunteer position at a shelter or something where you can show that you've put some time in, because I think that always looks good if, um, you know, someone's been at a uh, facility where they're doing those skills, um, for, um, even a non-for-profit, that can be a very helpful, helpful thing. All right. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Debbie. Okay, well, best wishes with the job hunt in there, Carly. <laughs> and you guys do a great thing. Veterinary technicians um, are underappreciated, but they're a great asset to practice. So I'd like to thank them all out there. Thanks for your call, Carly. Fighting the good fight. And I think that's the first time that we've had that question. In the that's l- a great one. I love I love motivating people within the veterinary field, whether they're you know to be doctors or technicians or even you know, someone helping with animal care. It's just it's a great field. Toll-free, 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to Dr. Debbie. This portion of Animal Radio, underwritten by VetraScience. Give your pets the extra support they need. From Glycoflex joint support to composure for pet stress, VetraScience has the supplement for all of your pet's needs. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Dogs or cats, horse or emu. It's a case of the good news is your hamster is alive. The bad news is he's going to cost you nearly 2000 bucks. A British family were sad when their hamster got out of his cage while traveling in the trunk of their car. They searched and searched but weren't able to find him and figured he must have gotten out of the car while they were driving. Days later, the wayward hamster was found by a mechanic trying to find out why their car wouldn't start. Seems the hamster had chewed his way through the seats and through some wires, costing the family nearly $2,000 in repairs. The family says they're still happy to get their hamster back. They're just shocked at how much damage he could do. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animal Radio. 
Animals are people too. Animal Radio. Join Fido Friendly Magazine with presenting sponsor Petco Foundation for the ninth annual Cross Country Pet Adoption Tour. Get your licks on Route 66. Brought to you by media sponsor Animal Radio, car sponsor Legends Car Rentals, companion sponsor Evercare, and safety sponsor Sleepy Pod. The tour stops at shelters from L.A. to Chicago to support adoption events and raise money with the help of advocate sponsors Pet Curian and Buddy Belts, community sponsors Tito's Handmade Vodka, Play-Doh Pet Treats, Zeus Dog Toys, Hands-On Gloves, Canada, and Lucy Pet Products. Check out FidoFriendly.com to see where the tour stops in a city near you, and you might just find your new forever friend. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Grab your bulldog, bring him around the radio, grab their skateboard because they want to hear... About George, the skateboarding bulldog, and Nadine Single. She'll be on in just a few minutes to tell us about Ro-ro, how she. Ro-ro. <laughs> Ro-ro. You, you, you deal with Ro-ro. primarily bulldogs, don't you? All of your rescue yeah. bulldogs. Do any of yeah. them use a skateboard? No, but we have, we had, uh, bless, bless her soul, rest her soul, uh, Dolly, who loved to go sledding. And, oh, really? And, yeah, in all truthfulness, she was truly the smartest bulldog we have ever seen anywhere. And she was more like a, you know, like a cattle dog or, you know, one of those really smart kind of dogs, which, you know, kind of not typical for bulldogs. But we purposefully never brought a skateboard or allowed a skateboard on the property because (laughs) she was so obsessive with the sled. Oh, wow. You say they're not the smartest dog, but they must be smart enough to pick up skateboarding. We, you know, it, it's it's not that they're not smart, and I, and I mean, you know, please don't get upset with me for saying, it, but they're, that's the illusion that you have because they don't get a lot of exercise, most of them. Mm-hmm. But dogs like the one you're talking about, George, who skateboards, and like Tillman and Dolly, who love the sleds, they all seem to be much more active bulldogs intelligent bulldogs. I think that a lot of it is finding what your dog loves and thrives upon. And, you know, for herding dogs, it's pretty obvious. You know what they love. You know what Labradors love. But when you get to some of the other breeds, if they're very determined, um, Laura, you said tenacious, you know, um, bulldogs can be very, you know, mm-hmm. I'm focused on a task and I'm going to do it. So, you know, that might be the kind of thing. So maybe skateboarding might be something for your dog if they're maybe not trainable in other ways, but they are really into things once you get them on a task. So Nadine and George on the way. Let's go to the phones for your calls. Toll free at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Jim, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. How about yourself? Very good. Where are you? Hey, terrific. Hey, I was. My question is, I've got a tabby kitty that's about six to seven years old, and we're having a little bit of trouble with uh, almost you know cats look when they do it, trying to cough up a hairball. Okay. It, what happens is. There's no hairball there. We brought it to the vet on a regular visits and what have you, and it's the same type of symptoms, coughing up, coughing up. She'll come in from outside. She'll jump down from a chair. She'll get, when she's being chased by the other cat, for example, they're playing, she'll stop all of a sudden and start the, the cough. And we've, we've tried the gel to help release the, the cat ball, uh, the, the hairball, and they've mm-hmm. also done an x-ray, and there's no major obstruction. So the vet says, well, you know, as long as the cat's healthy, and it's been going on for about two and a half years, 
And I was just wondering, is there any other thing that you could suggest that's causing this? Well, um, now, let me get this clear. Now, how often does the coughing actually occur? Is it a daily thing, several times a day? Yeah, several times a day, and okay. it's, uh, it's somewhat intermittent. It's not every single day, but it could be first thing in the morning when she wakes up. And, but it's generally when she gets excited or, get, or, or there's activity, heavy activity. Oh, okay. All right. And let me ask you, how is your kitty's body style? Are we slender? Are we healthy weight or chubby? No, she's slender. She's about eight pounds and a half uh, ounces, and she has not put on weight in the last three and a half years. All right. Well, that's good, because the first thing is you were describing these signs of coughing, especially after, like, activity or moving around, you know, is I I tend to think of things like asthma in cats, which is actually very common. Um, And believe it or not, about 1% of the cat population is actually found to have feline asthma. And it actually is a disease where the airways constrict and very similar to the problem in people where you can't get air. And um, kitties that have asthma tend to be usually a little bit on the heavier side, and, and that makes it harder for them with that condition. Um, and if the cough is just once in a blue moon, I probably wouldn't worry. But a couple times a day starts to get my yeah, my feelers up where I, I start to get uh, untreated. I, I'd like to see something happen there. So I would certainly say that it might be worth looking into asthma further. And beyond an x-ray, you know, your veterinarian may want to do things like blood work. And also I would screen for heartworm disease. It's not as common in cats, but we know that can affect the cardiovascular system. So coughing would be something that I would want to check for that condition. But if, if it is something that, that your vet says, yeah, you know, maybe this is asthma, um, there are some things we can do to treat that. Believe it or not, inhaler therapy, there's all sorts of different types that we can use for kitties. Uh, medications like steroids, such as prednisone or injections of steroids, can help give them good quality time. And then there's even bronchodilators. So that's my first thought. And I don't know that the hairball remedy is probably going to help us a whole lot unless we establish yeah, it that this didn't do anything, right? Yeah. If it's coughing and we bring up a hairball, then that's different. But if it's coughing after exercise or movement, then I'm going to look at that lower airway system as potentially a problem there. And uh, and just asthma is you know, at the top of my list there. So that, I'd check into now, that a little bit more. Now, if they have asthma and there's no, if we don't treat her for that, is that harmful or can she Depends, go yeah. without it? I mean, Untreated asthma can lead to further, uh, I don't want to say damage of the airways, but it puts more stress on those airways. Uh, I would encourage you, <laughs> to, in a very nice way, to look into that a bit further and see if it's something okay. as simple as, you know, getting an inhaler and helping your kitty with that or getting her an injection um, every couple months, then it might be well worth it. Jim, I want you to know that uh, as as this phone call has progressed, uh, the studio cat just came into the studio here and uh, threw up a bunch of grass all over. So I don't know if that was his two cents worth, but uh, hopefully uh, your vet will have some answers for you. Can I send you some world's best cat litter? Oh, absolutely. Okay, I have a bag sitting right here on my seat. I'll send it off your way. Uh, hold on one second so we can get your information. You got that there, Judy? Okay, there you go. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Brilliant Pad, the world's first self-cleaning dog potty. It automatically replaces a soiled pad with a fresh, clean one so your home stays odor-free. And you never have to touch, see, or smell yucky pads again. Learn more over at BrilliantPad.com. And thanks, Brilliant Pad, for underwriting Animal Radio. 
Those big, scary storms can be terrifying for your pet, and we know that when they're stressed, so are you. Take good care of your buddy with VetraScience Composure. VetraScience Composure helps ease anxiety for pets caused by storms, travel, and owner separation. It won't sedate them, and your pets will love the taste. Also, try our Glycoflex for hip and joint health, as well as multivitamins and probiotics. Find VetraScience supplements at your local pet store, Petco, or your vet. Learn more at VetraScience.com. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com. I'm Lori Brooks. Anyone looking to cash in on the booming pet products business uh, would be very smart to investigate making pet treats because they have outpaced both dog and cat food in the last five years in the U.S. New research shows that pet treat sales increased by 29% between 2012 and 17. That's an astronomical growth path there. And it grew to more than $4 billion, just treats alone in the retail pet products industry. Now, dog food sales, to give you a comparison, which, you know, is booming, but dog food sales grew 8% during that time while cat food sales were up 11%. So if you're thinking of making pet treats, keep in mind that quality ingredients is top of mind with consumers because 40% of U.S. pet owners say they do check the ingredient list when they purchase new pet food or new pet treats and 64% of them say they would be really interested in buying treats that are made with premium ingredients or, you know, all natural or organic ingredients. And Dr. Debbie, I saw this in this research and you're going to hate it. But 75% of pet owners say that treats are their way of showing their pet love. But, but before you get all excited, 25% of those people give treats that they think are healthy or at least, you know, health related products like dental bones or hairball treats to a cat. All right. Well, I'm with you, but I give a treat for doing something good, not just looking cute. If you're one of the many people who just loves Halloween, or as a friend of mine says, the holidays, you may already have your pet's costume. But if not, PetSmart has a list out of the top 10 costumes for pets this year. And it turns out that this year, uh, you may also be seeing some cats that look like dogs and dogs that look like cats. Although still the number one pet costume is actually a pumpkin, number two is a hot dog costume, and it's followed by going down the top ten, lions, pirates, bumblebees, devils, Batman characters, a witch, and then Star Wars characters. And I was thinking around Halloween, doesn't it just seem like every pet you see is dressed up except for mine? <laughs> um, it may seem that way, but actually, friends, it is just less than 20% of pets that get to parade around in costume. Really? That little? Huh? That's amazing. Yeah, this year, that... my dog's going to be a dog for Halloween. I'm going to dress, <laughs> yeah, dress so around. Unoriginal. Every year for yeah, Halloween. Boring. <laughs> so boring. <laughs> mine dress up every year. Hal's just boring. Yeah, what, what are you dressing them up as this year? I don't know yet, but they will dress up. Every year, every year they, they dress up as something. Um, mm-hmm. My ex, um, you know, that's, that's, that's her thing, and they go out, and they love it. They absolutely love it. They don't go anywhere. They run around the yard and then pull the costumes off and tear them up, but they, that's part of the thing. 
What about you, Dr. Debbie? I think I'm going to go with the homemade costume idea, but unfortunately, I hope I don't wait till the last minute because then they'll end up, you know, being little ghosts with eyes cut out of shape. You were, you were actually very creative last year. What did you do last year? I, oh, I had the angel and the devil last yep, year. Yep. So, my female, she, the big girl, she was the angel with big, beautiful feathered wings, and boss was the devil. Kind of bed. <laughs> <laughs> evil outfit. Oh my gosh! I know. I'm with you, Hal. Mine are boring. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, there was the cutest story out of Washington, D.C. recently. I don't know if you guys heard this, but it was a little girl who thought she was writing a letter to, you know, the pet supply store Petco. And in her letter to Petco, she was asking them for a hamster. But her letter accidentally went to a local utility company called Pepco. <laughs> and um, you might think all would have been lost, but the eight-year-old got her hamster anyway from the nice folks at the Pepco Power Company. She named the hamster Brick Hamster. I'm just assuming, and that's kind of like Brick House or something. Maybe it was chubby. Not really sure. Uh, but her letter was pretty cute, saying, If I receive a hamster, I will do better in school, make more friends, and become responsible. And then she drew a really cute big picture of a bucktooth hamster at the bottom of the page. Some nice folks out there. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pets and this time celebrating the skateboarding dog. We welcome Nadine to the show. Hi, Nadine. How are you doing? Fine. How are you today? Very good. Now, tell us about your dog. What's your dog's name? George. You might hear him in the background. Hey, George. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> he wanted to say hi. George is a skateboarding bulldog. Am I correct? You are You are correct. He... uh he actually um, learned all by himself as a puppy. Um, really? I got him aboard when he was, uh, oh, I'm going to say about eight weeks old. Wow. And I just wanted to see if he if he enjoyed it. Um, I knew there were, Tillman was the other famous bulldog that kind of got the trend going. Yep. And so I thought, okay, we'll see. We'll see if he likes this. And he just started by pushing it, you know, a little bit. Um, and then I... One day, he I, I had him out by a skate park, and he saw a kid ride, and he connected the dots, two and two together, and the next thing I know, he was off, and he's improved ever since. <laughs> I understand that, actually, you have to wrestle away the uh, skateboard from him at the end of the day. Oh, that is... That- that is not a lie. Um, I, in fact, my husband, Marcus, I we kind of have to go out together because... He he sees both coming for him to get the board, and he actually wraps his arms around the board so that so that we can't take it from him. That's wild. And I have to chime in, Nadine. Hey, it's Dr. Debbie. Um, and I, full hey, full disclosure here. Nadine is a dear friend of mine from the Vegas area, wow. and if you have not seen the videos 
of Georgie on his skateboard, you just have to tune in because he he is consciously turning the board, hopping back on it and steering. He doesn't just ride it in a straight pathway. He really knows what he's doing. It just blows me away that he was never trained to do any yeah. of this. He picked it up himself and just watching the kids at the park. Right. Not one treat was given to have him wow. do this. Um, yeah. And, and, and as, uh, Deb said, um, that if, if anybody wants to see him do this, he, on his website, I've posted some of his videos. It's georgeskates.com. You could see him do it. He, he, um, and in fact, uh, I wanted to see how he, he enjoyed doing other of these type of extreme sports. And he was just recently in a, uh, in a, in a surfing competition and in, in Huntington Beach. And, uh. They're very similar, skating and surfing, huh? Right. Well, you know, and I thought, okay, gosh, is he gonna like this? Is he gonna, you know, put two and two together? So, um, being in, in Las Vegas, we don't get much of a chance of practicing at the ocean. So, uh, I went to, um, to the dog beach in, um, in San Diego to see if he, you know, had a brand new surfboard and we, we, we gave it a try. And, and sure enough, I mean, he, he just took to it. The same thing. I, 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 number one, I don't surf. I don't skateboard. I don't, I don't do any of these things, but somehow George must have channeled something from another life or something because he is just totally in tune to these, these kind of sports. How long has he been riding now? Ah, uh, well, he's George is four and a half, um, and like I said, I had I'd gotten it when he was just a puppy. So he, you know, he's been. We try to get him out there every week because this is. He, he doesn't even like to go for walks. You think you know this is what he likes to do. So I, I kind of take my dog out for a roll instead. <laughs> well, can you tell the story about his um, his little fan club at the retirement home? Oh my gosh, yeah. Uh, sometimes in the summer we'll head up to to Washington State because you know anybody that has a bulldog knows that they're not really good in the heat. So if I go up to a little cooler climate, there there was a um, sort of this this area where I I I stay. There's there's a retirement community that's that's right there and i thought oh there's a big parking lot there that was a good space for him to ride and it was pretty protected from the cars and all that so we went out there and ride next thing i know (laughs) these these sweet these sweet people from the retirement center were just coming out and they said do you mind if we watch we want to just this this is making me so happy and i (laughs) I said sure by all means just (laughs) enjoy so so since then, when I go up there, I you know I let them know they they've they've gotten in touch with me and said can can George come out and ride? Can you you know we the residents might like to see him? So you know so that that's on his list now too. <laughs> we are with Nadine Single, the guardian of George, the skateboarding dog. When we return, let's find out if George is making any cash or treats off his newfound talent. <laughs> You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. 
Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten-free. It's Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Red Barn's grain-free naturals, canned food for dogs and cats. Always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. Learn more over at Red Barn, Inc. And thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. We're talking with Nadine Single. She is the guardian of George the Skateboarding Dog. Any word on if George will uh, parlay this into working with an advertiser or anything like that? Well, you know, I, I, I never had that as an intention, but suddenly, uh, especially after a couple of the recent, his recent media, um, all of a sudden, George's inbox is fuller than mine. So <laughs> <laughs> you never know. I, I don't know. There, there's been a, a couple of people that kind of have, have, have approached, and I'm, I'm still trying to wrap my mind around all this because, I, like I said, I've never intended for <laughs> this to get to sure. this point. Nadine, I have to tell you before we go that I checked out George's page, and it is so adorable and that when you put up when he's done skateboarding that you have to like put up the skateboard so high that he cannot get to it oh th- that's true in fact i have to hide it in the hot i right. actually hide it in the trunk of my car um that's if if it was in the house it, it, the house would be destroyed um because that really he this is his passion that sounds so such a cliche but Oh my gosh, he he has um um and here's another interesting thing. I will have the television on and if if there's a you know just a commercial on or or the news or you know something pretty pretty benign, he sort of ignores it. But if he sees a skateboard on the TV, he is right there. <laughs> and I mean, it, I believe it. it. it it's amazing. It really is amazing. I thought, you know, for the heck of it, one day I thought I'm going to put the X Games was on, so I, I tuned on the X Games. I that was a big mistake because I almost ruined my television set. But I did <laughs> I, I understand that you have to maintain the skateboard a little more than other skateboards because George has a little bit of a drooling problem. Right, right. I, you have to. Well, he what he does is he'll he'll. He'll pull the wheel when he wants to flip it. Um, you know, he'll pull the wheel up to where he needs it to go. Like I said, he, it, he Deb was saying that it, it, he directs it. He's, I'm not putting him on this board and telling him what to do. Uh-huh. He, he definitely has his own mind, but he'll, he'll take the, the wheel and pull it. That's how he pulls it around, flips it to where he wants it to be, and then gets on. So consequently, you know, the, his, his saliva and everything will get in the bearings of the wheels and you know we'll have to replace those from time to time because of that i'm going to put links over at animalradio.pet to uh, the instagram page and the facebook page and all the videos of george check it out right now this is nadine's amazing bulldog oh please give george a big old hug from all of us will you i sure will and, and i sure appreciate you having me on today thank you so much thanks for spending time with us Hello, Animal Radians. It's Robert Semro, your Pet World Insider, here with this week's Animal Radio List, Five Important Things to Know About Rabies. 
Rabies is something that many pet parents have heard of but may not truly understand what it is or how it can affect us and our pets. Recently, I was having a conversation with some pet guardians who brought the topic up and had many more questions than answers. So, in the interest of knowing more to do better, I bring you five important things to know about rabies. To begin with, rabies is something that can be encountered in most places in the world. With the exception of Antarctica, it has been reported on all other continents. It's a viral disease that affects the central nervous system and can infect any warm-blooded animal. Rabies is typically spread by contact with the saliva of an infected animal through a bite or an exposed wound or scratch. Since rabies attacks the central nervous system, its symptoms can be greatly varied from animal to animal. So signs may include a heightened state of anxiousness or aggressiveness, or even a more friendly attitude than usual. Complicated, right? As the illness progresses, infected animals will show a higher sensitivity to sound and light. And in its final stages, paralysis of the nerves that control the head and the throat of the animal occur. Sadly, an infected pet will likely experience respiratory failure and pass over the Rainbow Bridge. While there is no cure for rabies, there are vaccines available. In fact, most states require rabies vaccinations, while other entities like boarding facilities and even veterinary offices may require them as well. This is for the safety of not only the pets, but for the people they come into contact with as well. If you're uncertain about your pet or another pet, work with your veterinarian to decide the best course of action. Remember, you have a responsibility to protect your pet and the people and pets that your pet interacts with. Another important reminder is to always keep your rabies certification in a place that is easily accessible. In an emergency, you may need to provide this certificate for your pet to be allowed to shelter with you. Additionally, if you live in an area where wildlife can interact with your pets, be extra vigilant. Raccoons, bats, skunks, foxes, and more carry rabies and can easily transmit it to your curious pet. If you suspect your pet may have been bitten or even scratched by an animal, consult with your vet immediately out of an abundance of caution and care. This is one of those illnesses that you can be very proactive with. Have a strategy and understanding of the risk to you and your pets. Work with professionals to put together the best safety course of action as this is a serious illness that can have fatal consequences. Share your pet rabies tips on our Animal Radio Facebook page. Yes. Okay, the dogs dogs, dogs want to go out for a walk, so we're going to get on out of here. Go grab your dogs and your cats and your flamingos and your tortoises and take them for a walk right now. If you need your fix during the week, visit us over at animalradio.pet or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. We'll see you next week for more Animal Radio. Bye-bye. See you later. Bye-bye. This is Animal Radio Network. Network.